0: that we're we're still looking at the statement that was made out of verse 20, chapter 4, and that verse 20, chapter 4, says to us that you did not learn Christ in this way, and so as Rick began to, you know, elaborate on that a couple of weeks ago, and then last week, as I talked about verse 21 and 22, we're basically talking about learning the Messiah. Okay, learning him. And in learning him, there are some things that you have to lay aside that that, that, that dead man has no opinion anymore. And then the challenge is this. The challenge is, are you still making decisions the way you were making them before you made it? And if you are, then that dead man is still alive. You're giving him breath. you got to stop that because he's competing against something that he will not win. And notice that dead people have no opinion. So don't bring that dead man back to life. Okay? So what he's saying is that you also were what? You were taught in him. That means you you were taught something about him. Now, that verse 20 says that you learned the person. So this is more than just gaining information about Jesus Christ. It's knowing him, okay? And then it says not only that you were taught from him, but you heard in that teaching from him. I mean, it goes all the way to 1 John where it says that we have tasted, that we have seen, what all that we have heard. Man, we pass that on to you. So here is Paul speaking to a church in Ephesus that represents a church that's all over Mediterranean, the, the whole thing. And he's speaking to you a lot today. And so in that verse 20, all the way down to verse 24, we're actually looking today at verse 23 and verse 24. But but if you're new here, I, I wanted to just bring you up. I wanted to bring you up to say, hey, how have you learned him? Now, we're not talking about you experiencing him, but how has he been taught down through the centuries? The consistency of truth. When I talking about your experience in Jesus Christ, how have you been taught? He's been taught all the way back to Genesis, all the way through Revelation. And so the encouragement today for you is to say this. You're being taught by this world. You're being taught by social media. You're being taught by your environment. Every environment that you're in teaching you something. And what Paul is trying to say to you, or are you being taught by Jesus himself? you got to ask that question because what? You want to be a reflection of him to the world. You then become a counterculture. And so this this history I'm giving you is no more than a, a capsule of what happened last week when we looked at verse 21 and verse 22. And so I'm going to read from verse 20 all the way down to verse 24. But verse 23, verse 24 is where we're going to land today. And so, it says here in verse 20, but you did not learn Christ in this way. You didn't learn him in that way. And then he goes on to say, but if indeed you have heard, you heard the word, and have been what? Taught in him, just as truth, truth not being an it, truth being a person. And then he moves on, and he says that, in reference to your former life, let's just go back to where you came from. Let's just go back to the way you were living. And he says, in reference to your former life, you laid aside. You know, you know what that word laid aside means? That word laid aside means that you had a mercy killing, <coughs> a mercy killing of this, of this old son. It's gone. It's dead. I mean, when you got baptized, that dude drowned. Don't, 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 don't do no mouse and mouse resuscitation. Left side. He said, left side. And not only when you left side, he said, but look, the old self. Okay, now that's that nature. Now, I'm going to tell you the reason why this, the name of this message today has a lot to do with humanity. But a nature which is being corrupted in the corners with lust and deceit. Now here's our text for this morning. It says, that you be renewed. We're going to look at that word. He says, in the spirit, we're going to look at that word. And then it says, in your mind, we're going to look at that word. And then here in verse 24, it says, and that the new self, this new nature, which is in the likeness of God, has been what? Created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Now, let me just say to you, when we talk about this new humanity, because that's the subject today, the humanity, when we talk about humanity, we talk about human beings collectively, when we talk about human beings, what they think collectively, what they do collectively, how they behave collectively, and you are in a humanity today that's still living in its own nature. And it's old thinking. It's nothing new. And anytime man turns away from God, his thinking changes. All you gotta do is take a little uh, brief walk at Romans 1 and look at (laughs) verse 18, and it tells you the downward spiral. Humanity. Humanity is talking to you through social media, humanity is talking to you through these, these places that you are. But when it talks about a new humanity, It is talking about something that has never existed before. See, you were never created to fail. Did you know that? Never. You were created to be successful. And so this new humanity, this brand new thing that God is doing, we're going to get to that. He said, I'm creating a new human being. As a matter of fact, when you look at the Trinity, you see that God had, had a nature, and it was the nature. It, it, it was a holy nature. You're going to see that. The Holy Spirit had one nature, and it was perfect holy nature. But Jesus, the only triumph of God here, had two natures. He had a human nature, and he had God nature. He was the only one that can do it. And that human nature was what? Perfect. And that's the new humanity that God is building in you and in I and in Christians all over the world. New new humanity, new way of behaving, new way of thinking. So in verse 23 and verse 24, when you hear something that says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, it's talking about being renewed back to something, not recent but something that had never existed before that was in Christ Jesus way before you were in God's mind, New humanity. That's who you are. And Paul is here just, you know, trying to encourage you. Now, now, there's an old saying in the Christian faith today where people start saying, you know, if he just knew who he was, uh, they, they act like that because they don't know who they are in Christ. Well, all you got to do is read the first two chapters of the book of Ephesians that tells you who you are. That's the answer. Don't tell people they don't know who they are. Tell them to read the Bible. And they will find out who they are. Yeah, sure. yeah. Just read Ephesians. They'll tell you who you are. Those first three chapters. tells you that you're seated at the right hand of God. You're called by the Father. You're redeemed by the Son. You're stood up by the Holy Spirit of promise. And you're no longer separated from the common in chapter 2. Because now the Jews and the Gentiles are one. You become a mystery. Now your manifold uh, existence before the world is to say that through the church... God's going to show the whole world His power. That's who you are. Don't wrestle with it anymore. Read it. So then, why would we announce this particular verse as being this new humanity? Okay? Now, I want you to understand something uh, about these words before we go to the cross-references, because when you look at, first of all, this word in verse 23 that says, renew. What does it mean to renew? And I can which means to restore, to refresh, not to something that is recent, but watch this, something that is better. That's you right now. That's not you tomorrow, that's you now. You have been renewed because what? You have heard Christ, you have been taught in Christ, you run right smack down into the truth. And so this, this renewal is important to you. Now, what he also says, renewal in the spirit of your mind, because we're going to come back to the verse, but I just want you to understand the importance of these words. And the word spirit comes from the Greek word pneuma, Hebrew word pneuma, which means wind, which means current. Now I'll tell you the importance of this current, ladies and gentlemen. It is a constant current, it is forever blowing renewed by the spirit of your mind. Now now what it's saying is that your mind has a conscience. Your mind has a spirit. Your mind has a will. Now guess what you let into your mind. Because your mind is the middle management of the body. Your mind is not the it. It is the middle management of the body. Have you ever wondered why coming to Jesus Christ God never said you got to accept him through your brain? You ever wondered about that? Because the issue is your heart. Your heart tells the brain what to what. Rationalize. And then your brain tells the body what to do. Now, if there's anybody in church this morning at all, I'm giving you philosophy, I'm giving you science, I'm giving you history, and you ain't even moving. My goodness. Come on. See, See, I want you to understand something what you're putting in your mind is that more than what's in your heart. Say, So when he says the spirit of your mind, he's trying to tell you something. Your mind, just like the heart, has an intellect. Your mind, just like the heart, has (coughs) reasoning. It has a mold to it. It has emotions to it. And all it can do is process what you put in it. And the thinking of today That's why the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians, it says, man, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are divinely powerful for pulling down what? Strongholds. You know what the word stronghold means? Mindsets. You know what mindset means? Just go backwards. What you set your mind on. That's why I believe you say, set your mind on these things. Set it. So, so it's important that you understand where these words fit. Okay. Renew spirit mind. And then it says something in the next verse that is so traumatic to sin. It sends sin into a cardiac arrest. You know what it says? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, sin. Like, what? Here we go. Sin says, now look here. Put on. The new self. Then you get that word new again. See, see, see self now says this is a new nature. This is a nature. And that word anthropology. where you get the word anthropology, self. Okay? And the chaos, you just did it new. It, it says now this freshness that is not impaired by time or use But this self is this consciousness, this human being, being of a new nature. That's in you now. Okay. Not tomorrow. Sounds like a broken record. Now. Right now. And then it goes on to tell sin, you know what? It's in the likeness of God, it's in the likeness of anything you like, you become similar to. But it says it's also being created. That that, that whole nature was being created in what is called righteousness. That's the equivalent of character. And not only that, holiness is in this intrinsic divine character in the truth. Now, you need to know the importance of all six or seven of these words. Paul is saying, that's who you are. That's not who you're going to be. That's who you are. Now all you have to do is yield and live up to it. It's called yielding. You know what they call that? First step of discipleship is what? Dying to self. Stop trying to satisfy your own stuff. You have to die to yourself. That's that's all you got to do. And guess what? It's a minute by minute Twenty-four-seven thing, not an in installment plan. Okay, it's twenty-four-seven. I'm gonna die to myself for about an hour today. Next tomorrow, I'll do two hours. Next week, I'll do five. It don't work like that. It is a constant dying. So, so, so then, what is the Ephesians writer trying to say? He's trying to tell us how great God is in us. Not great you are, but how great God is in us. Now, I want to give you a picture of how he's trying to encourage the believer. How he's trying to encourage John Square. How he's trying to encourage you this moment, because you happen to roll in this church this morning. God's got a message for you. See, I believe that there's some of you in this room need to actually pray before you leave this place for my renewal. You need to ask for it. And you need to confess that you have fought against it being renewed because you have to let emotions become the what engine to your life instead of the caboose. You notice trains today—they don't even have cabooses. If you ever found out what a caboose was for, it was so that the caboose man in the back would tell the engine guy up front that you have cleared the turn. That was it. They don't even have it anymore. They just take engines now, turn them around, reverse them. They just go backwards. That's, that's where emotions are in your life. They're real. They're expressive, responsive. But they'll not be it. My renewal says the word is the it. Not my feelings. Not my emotions. Not my thinking. Now, when the word is the it, guess what my thinking does? My thinking reconciles itself to the word. And so I'm trying to encourage you this morning, church. Don't go to sleep on me. If you go to sleep, God's still going to talk to you in your dreams. You can't go nowhere. No. Watch this as we look at this first reference, And I want to show you the importance of what the Scripture is trying to get at. And what it's talking about here is when you look at Matthew 9. And when you look at Matthew 9, what it does, it talks about new wine being poured into new wine schemes. I want you to understand the analogy. Jesus is basically saying to these uh, disciples and to the scribes, I am busting the synagogue system. I'm getting ready to break something. Brandy! And this synagogue system cannot handle it. As a matter of fact, if the synagogue system tries to take the new spirit, it's just going to mess everything up. So now watch, here's what he said. He said, But no one puts a patch on an unshrunk clothes. It just won't work. My wife is a seamstress. She knows how to mess with textiles and all this stuff and yawn and I have no knowledge of that stuff. She knows how to do all of it. And the key is that why would you take this unshrunk cloth and why would you try to hook it onto to a new one? Because at some point those two are going to be at odds with each other. I mean, I mean the Bible tells us even in the old testament, it says how can two Walk together unless they agree. Two pieces of material that have not been tested alongside of each other, they're going to pull away from each other. So he says an old garment for the patch will pull away from the garment and the worst tear results. It would be worse for you to try to get the Holy Spirit into an old vessel because that Holy Spirit will demand change right away. That means that vessel has died. Has died. But then Jesus comes back, and then he says something even more. Because he you knew these people loved to drink, okay? And the water was bad, so wine was pretty good, you know? And then he says, not do people put new wine into an old wine skin. There's something about uh, it, it, it stretching elasticity has to take place. And then he says, hey... Otherwise, the wine skin bursts and the wine pours out and the wine skins are ruined. But they put new wine, watch this, into fresh white skins and both are preserved. This is what Paul is trying to get at. Thinking will contaminate the new vessel. Are well, you hearing me? Yes, amen. It'll rot. it So that's why he says in that next verse to put on something. But he's saying this in the spirit of your mind. See? In the current that is constantly flowing from heaven. And he gives an example here in the New Testament of an Old Testament understanding. Okay? So if you get that part, then when we go jump on verse 23 and 24 again, you go, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I've got to reconcile myself to this stuff. But my mind is being battered every day instead of it flowing. It cleanses, it forgives, it changes people. Now, here's a second cross reference because I want you to understand where he's going. Now, when you look at Isaiah 43, now we're going to show you the power of what's in here. Now, I want you to read this and look it up. It's on the screen. You can open up your Bible. But the first thing Isaiah says, okay, do not. That is a command. They only do not, they got in the paradise, in the garden of evil. They only have one. Man, they had the run of the whole creation. Just don't do this one thing, man. Stay away from that tree, buddy. Can't you do that. This one. So Isaiah is saying, do not what? Allow your mind to call what? T- to call former things. Now that's your responsibility. Do not call to mind former things. Now on the one hand, he saying, look here, if your mind has been renewed, if this spirit is flowing, I go back to the past. See, see, see. Now, if you're conditioned that every time something happens, uh, I gotta flip the pages to my history. And I go back to the way I'm doing things. See, think about that. You having a, you having a weird day? It's only weird because you make it well. You having some challenges? It's only a challenge because you. <laughs> you see this? Look okay, at. Hold on, folks. Don't go back there. Don't even ponder that stuff. Don't even go back there and live that for a minute. He said, "Don't do that." And then he said something because what I'm doing now, that old thinking cannot comprehend. Does that make sense to anybody today? Don't do it. Don't go back to the old way of satisfying your what? Passions. Mm. Because this new stuff, that can't encompass this. It can. Now, I I like the way it goes. Because he says this stuff is going to spring forth. Now, notice the springing forth is a relationship in the New Testament of a current that is constantly moving. Hallelujah. Spring for. The word spring not only means something that uh, jumps forward, but it also talks about a spring of water. What's spring for? Will you not be aware of it if you're still over there in the in the, in the back part of your, your life? Uh, I, I won't even make watch this a roadway in the wilderness. Ladies and gentlemen, there are no roadways in the wilderness. There ain't no time tracks. All you got to do is take a picture of Africa or look at, you know, one of these Smithsonian, whatever they do, the wild, the wild kingdom, whatever they used to call it, Discovery Channel. Man, and just, just check how they span the wilderness. There is no walkway. He says, I am going to make a roadway. Now, this is something brand new. And then he not only says that, but look here, man, I'm going to burn in the desert. Now, hey, folks, the only miracle in the desert of the burning bush, the fact that that bush was even in the desert, mm-hmm. was the an issue. And then that thing to be burning. So he said, look here, here's a wilderness that has no vegetation. Now, here's the, here's, the, here's the most amazing thing that the whole world had to observe in this supernatural society that was hanging out in the wilderness they went, you know where the water was? The water followed them underground. Even to the point when he put them at the the low part of this valley. And you can still go to the same wilderness and you will see two rocks that are basically like this. You see two rocks like that. You know what that is? That's where the water came out and flooded for 2.5 million people to drink. Watch this. In the desert. <laughs> it don't happen. You think you're in the desert? The water is in there way. for the come out! <laughs> new thing! Brand new! Yeah, same night, pastor. And they had this look at the whole world. Watch that. Those people should have been dead in about 20 minutes. Because it should have been Christmas Christmas. Hey. <laughs> 'Cause they just spend seven nights and they won't burn up. But well, guess what happened? Now some of y'all ain't a slave to fashion. You know, I got all kinds of shoes I wear and all that. Look here, he said, "You're running your shoes been what? forty years." Now, what kind of shoes is that? I think a lot of people like that have those shoes. Yes, <laughs> yes. and one. Do you know this victory? Says, I want y'all to say so. In verse 20, he says, The beast of the field will glorify me. Even the beast will be happy. Look, guys, we got past the war and we got water to drink. The beast is saying that. How much more are you to him than the beast? <laughs> Ostriches. <laughs> they, they're going to be saying praises to him. Because i look in that home and Water, what did that have And because I've given water in the wilderness and the rivers of the desert, and then he says this, to give drink to my people. Amen. amen. Yes, amen. Yeah. Now, see, the landscape changes now. Yeah. And then he says, the people whom I form for myself. And not something that I formed you for me, not for yourself. I didn't give you your brain for you. I gave you your brain to think about me. I didn't give you your eyes for yourself. I gave you your eyes to look at me. I gave you your mouth to talk, not to talk to yourself, which I do do a lot, but to talk to me and to listen to me because I gave you those ears. Okay? The people whom I formed for myself, declare my praise. That is the second point that Paul the Apostle is trying to say to the church at Corinth, I mean at Ephesus, at Thessalonica, at Colossae. This is who you are. There's something about renewal. There's something about the Spirit. There's something about your brain. And he moves on, and he says something about this new self, which is kind of like the likeness of God. And he says, man, created holiness and righteousness. What is he getting at? Watch this. 2 Corinthians 5. That's the, that's the next reference. Now, notice, everything I'm telling you is right out of the Word, man. This is not my opinion. I, I do not have time to philosophize, okay? But look at 2 Corinthians 5 17 and 21. Now, 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 this is a beautiful passage of Scripture that gives you insight to where Paul is going. He says, therefore, okay, if anyone is in Christ. See, that if, once again, is transitional. That if is transaction, that if is transformation. If you have learned Him, taught Him, know Him, if you're in Christ, what are you? You're a brand new creature who never existed before. That should be more. And then He says, these old things pass away. Why do they have to pass away? Why? Because if they pass away right away, right away, you'll die of shock, man. Now, I'm going to say that one more time. There are some things God has left in you so that you can work with him, even though that nature is new. I don't have to get a show of hands, but there are some things when you came to Christ, man, you got rid of right away. You didn't even mess with him anymore. Man, there's some things you're still troubling and that's what you and him work it out. That's why the word pass away is in there. Because if we met Christ and everything was perfect, in a sense we'll be mad. No flaws, no nothing. That, that self is perfect in this sense. You might as well just be in heaven. <laughs> You're gone. There's no need for you to be here. What's perfect is the spirit, what perfect is the new nature? But man, you still dealing with that flesh, baby. And what he's saying here to you is passing away. Behold, watch this new things have come. New things have come. They're brand new. Now, now these things are from God, they're not from the internet. Not from your wife or your husband or your brother or your sister or from your dog. These things are from the theos who what? Reconciled. If you have a bank account, you know exactly what that is. Who reconciled. Because if your end balance is not like theirs at the bank, then you're floating on some things, man, that ain't going to work. You're going to get some pink slips or something point. He said, namely, that God was in Christ, the Christos, the Messiah, reconciling what? The world to himself. All right? Not counting their what? Transgresses against them, which means he's not counting them against you. And he has committed to us two things. Not only the world of reconciliation, but you're going to see something else in verse 20. I'll give you the second thing here in just a moment. Therefore, we are what ambassadors, man? Now, let me tell you something about being an ambassador. When you're an ambassador, you do not represent yourself, or you cannot make the grid of an ambassador. An ambassador is there simply for the purpose of him or they or that government that sent them. They have power, but not self-power. So if I'm an ambassador of the United States, from the United States to China, When they see me, they see the United States. That's where my power comes from. That's that's where my credibility comes from. Now, if you're an ambassador of Christ, guess where your credibility comes from? Guess who you represent? He says this. As though God, okay, was making an appeal through us. I want you to stay right there for a minute. Is God trying to say to the world through you something? Amen. Is he? Think about that. He's appealing to the world through you because he wants the world to see his new nature. He wants this world to see something. Reconciled to God. And reconciliation has a lot to do with the holiness and the righteousness. And he said, and he made him who knew no sin, who became sin on our behalf, that we might become righteous to see God the Now watch verse 21. Remember when we talked about the word of reconciliation? Watch verse 21. Go ahead. Verse 21 says this. Okay? we go to verse 21, and 2 Corinthians 5, but we haven't got it on the screen yet. Don't worry about it. Verse 21 says this. He says, well, I guess I read verse 21, didn't I? <laughs> so if he sits there, I'm just trying to see it. That's, that's, that's what you get for being blind, John so glad he's given me, I'm uh, so glad. But he's not only giving you, So then... God is created. Yes. Now, if you get that, now watch how that verse reads now. Put your name in there. Put your name in there. lot like why we get ready to close this out. And then you, Johnny, see, you lay aside that old self, sir. and the current of the Holy Spirit. This this wind, this new mind, this this spirit that comes with a new rationale, a new breath, a new wind. It not only teaches me what to think. Watch this, Johnny, but it teaches you how to think. And, and, And this new mind this is divine. To see, erase it, Johnny. Put your own name there. And now, Johnny, put on the new self, man. Put, put on, brother, this new freshness that is not impaired by use of time. Put on this, 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 this new nature which is in the likeness. Now, I want you to notice that when you go back to Genesis 1, John, and you look at that verse 26 and it tells you, let us make Johnny in our own image. In our own likeness. You put your own name in it. That's what's happening. This new nature is in the likeness of God. It is the image. The new man has been renewed after what? Its creator's image. Created means to produce, to form what? Something from nothing. And then this righteousness, this this, 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 this doing alike to all, this, this justice, this this conduct, this character, and this holiness, which is in, which is properly and divine character, purity, undefiled. In truth. Reality. And then it says this. To know him is to be like him. To be righteous as he is righteous. To be holy as he is holy. To the knowledge of God will never be apart. I'll tell you something, unless you declare that when God, which is your spiritual service portion, worship. And then he gives you the answer on how to do that. And he says, do not be what conform to this world, but be transformed by this by the renewing of your mind. Your heart's right. as we get ready to take up our offer, we ask that you will bless us today. And in that blessing, Father, that our thinking will change because our heart is saying, Mine, conform to Jesus. And even in our thinking, Father, we take our behavior and we submit it to you. That behavior also is acting a certain way and acting out by giving back to you what you've given to us. And so we ask you to bless this offer that our minds may help us understand that this is just an act of praise to say thanks. So bless this offering, the tithe, the offering, the alms today. In Jesus' name, amen.